This is a HeadGum Podcast. This is the Dumbbells, the personal fitness podcast where we have Eugene Cordero. And me, I'm Ryan Stanger. Have discussions and answer questions on all things health and fitness. This is solely based on our own working experience and a little bit of bro science. So please keep in mind that we're not and have never once to this day, as of 2016-17, ever claimed to be doctors. No! We're just a couple of dumbbells from 2016-2017 who love ourselves some fitness. And want to help you with yours. And the help could start now. Is that is dash slash? Is that how that works? I mean, the fact that you're still bringing up 2016, we're at the end of 17. I mean, I'm just saying we, we've never we never did that in no, 16. We've right. done it in 17, and we won't do it in 18. No. Uh, what we will do is always intro, introduce the guest right away here in the weight room, ladies and gentlemen. Please welcome Farley Elliott. Hey guys. What up, yeah, dude? senior editor. Of Eat L.A. Eater L.A. Eat, God yeah. damn it. And I asked you before and I knew it. That's okay. Eater L.A. And then also author of Los Angeles Street Foods. Yeah. A history from Tomaleros to taco trucks. Right. Exactly. Uh, man, we're happy to have you in here, buddy. Thanks so much for having me. I feel like I'm going to angle this conversation about like athleticism and workouts more towards like, what's up with food? I love uh, hey, it. No, that's, that's fine. fine. I think that's people are... I think this should be the food episode since we're dealing with the ultimate foodie. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah. Well, I, I mean, so, so you're also, you know, actor, comedian too, and then now, you know, working as kind of like a food personality, but I think just so people know, like what, what areas do you focus in specifically? I know LA obviously is. Yeah. So my job is essentially like, I'm not a food critic. I'm not anonymous. I'm like a sports reporter, but for food. So I go out and talk about everything that's happening in the restaurant industry all day long. I write about six stories a day, five days a week. And the way that I get access to that information before anybody else is to spend a lot of time in restaurants. The, the intersection that I figured out pretty early on was like, if I do a good job and I'm nice to everybody and you always see me in the place that you work, there's no way you're going to give that information to anybody else. And so I'm constantly like retreading those same three steps. And it's uh, fun and interesting. And we talk about hard stuff like sexual harassment sometimes. But we also talk about really fun stuff like cool new places to go eat and what to experience in your part of the world. Yeah. So you're like the Jay Glazier of food. Do you know who that yeah, is? Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. constantly like sending out breaking tweets about people <laughs> yeah, who are hurt in kitchens. Right. Yeah. But it's all your based on your personal relationships. Like people like you and you do yeah. your you do your pay into their bank account emotionally. You yeah, know? And, so. and, and that really is true. Like, my job is to is to be known, is to go into restaurants and shake hands. I also spend time, like, at City Hall pulling public records for stuff that's about to be built. Like, oh, wow. I do, I do second-level, third-level conversations where sometimes the breaking information that I get will come from random sources like a construction guy. Or uh, if you ever want to know if a restaurant is closed, the first two people to talk to are, like, the trash guy and the person who goes and shows up to deliver, like, meat for that day and gets wow. turned away at the door. So you dress up as a construction guy yes. or a, a That's garbage exactly man? Right. Yeah, wow. it's a sort of Mario Wario situation. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'd even say, I'd love to see like a Sydney Lament, like Serpico movie of this. You yeah. Know, or like you going deep undercover. Yeah. You know? yeah. 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 Me with like a 1966 Dodge Charger just hauling <laughs> through the city. Right, yeah. Like a beard. Yeah, that'd be cool, man. I imagine it more like a Mrs. Doubtfire situation where I have to yes. run from one restaurant next door to another one and put on a series of intricate okay. costumes. Yeah. But yeah. everybody, but everybody's giving you martinis, so yes. you know, that nose is going to fall it, off. It gets yeah. harder and harder. Yeah. Right, and then you just keep trying to weave whatever's happening into what you wanted to happen. Uh, yeah. Yes. Right? Yeah. <laughs> 
uh, movie holds up. Yeah, it does. Um, well, great. So we so we talked a little bit off, Mike. You've got an interesting uh, background as far as where you grew up and where you came from. Um, most of these shows, you know, start with that. Yeah. Uh, why don't you lay it out for us? Lay, yeah. lay, lay yeah. out the lumberjack. Give us the quick lumberjack background. <laughs> the lumberjack. See, I'm, I'm from a really small town in far northern New York. It's about 20, 25 minutes south of the Canadian border, almost on the way towards Montreal. And that's also at the steps of where the Adirondacks begin. And so my whole family are all lumberjacks. Um, Crazy. They'll, yeah, they'll do everything from like cut down the tree in your yard to clear cut a part of a forest for the state to build a new highway. How many siblings do you have? I'm one of six kids. Okay. My f- everybody's a lumberjack? No, because some okay. of them are still too young. Like um, my older brother runs the business with my dad day to day, and then my younger brother now is kind of like up and coming in the business. And like he's, it's, it's very funny. There's like conceptually different ideas on how to do the job. Like my dad uh. for a long time was the old school guy with like the leather strap and the boot cleats. Yes. But now my little brother is like a rock climber where he's got the harness and a lot of ropes, and they like sort of disagree on how to do things. It's like very intricate. Wow. And your dad has a blue ox, right? Yeah. And like nobody yeah. uses the blue ox. Nobody and- uses the ox. My my dad, I'm 6'2", my older brother's 6'4", 350 pounds, like big stock people for the most part. My dad, for whatever reason, is 5'7", 140 pounds. And we used to go once a year to a big amusement park outside of Buffalo, New York, about three hours away. And at the very front, there was a rock climbing wall. And if you could get to the top in a minute, you get 100 bucks cash. And my dad would take everything out of his jeans and climb that thing in like 35 seconds. Wow. Ring the bell and we'd eat like kings. (laughs) I fucking love it. That's amazing. That's a great story. That's a great oh, story. Oh, God. So your dad is a small, agile man. Yes. Yeah. Strong as shit. Yeah, for sure. My old, dad would old man strength. easily still beat me up, and yeah. it's not even close. Uh, what's the name of the uh, lumberjack business? Is it's it- literally my last name, Elliot and Sons. Like, Elliot's, oh, God, and, and the joke awesome. for a long time before my little brother started was that my dad was going to paint over the S on Sons because I wouldn't come <laughs> back and do work. <laughs> Oh, uh, man, that's great. Uh, you, and you get along with your old man? Yeah, yeah. You know, um, I moved around a lot as a kid. My parents got divorced. I, I moved with my mom and stepped out uh, to Pittsburgh for a number of years and kind of had that experience. But uh, I, I do really appreciate and enjoy that sort of vastly different lifestyle, you know? Like, right. My dad's never going to have an email address in his life. My older brother, same thing. They live on a 40-acre plot of land that is mostly just logs that get I'm going to start one for each of them. Yeah. I'm going to ruin that. <laughs> I, know you, it's, I know it's a neat thing that they have, but I'm going to start one for yeah, each yeah. of them. <laughs> please, please find a way to oddly cyberbully my family. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will, yeah. I'm forcing you to get online, <laughs> Elliot and Sons. Uh, do you, and uh, what... So what kind of food did you eat growing up? I mean, it, it, it was a lot of sort of, of catch as catch can when you got six kids. My dad for a long time, I, mean, I lived on a farm until I was nine. And then that went under and my dad had to find a, another outlet for work. And he'd done lumberjacking stuff when he was younger. So he got into that with his un- my uncle and his brother. And that all started. But, you know, you're so poor in those early days of trying to figure it out that it would be my dad working all day and like, literally shoveling snow off the grocery store at night and we would just have to kind of figure it out for ourselves like some of my dirtiest early food memories are just like bologna with the little plastic ring around it and like mayonnaise and white bread sandwiches because you just you're figuring it out yeah yeah there's no one there to tell you otherwise crazy yeah and then uh and then did you uh so then did you play sports growing up and stuff like that? Or I, was, I was never in like intramural sports, but there was like definitely a community of local kids who would like play football every Sunday. Sure. And like, you know, I, I did like 
baseball and that kind of stuff, but never through a school. It was always just kind of ad hoc. And that definitely, there's so much land and so much space out there that even when I got a bicycle, it was like, oh, it's going to take you 15 miles to ride anywhere. I've always been a bigger kid, I think in part just because of, of poor eating habits growing up. But uh, athletics was definitely a, a casual part of my experience as well. So now, uh, so through high school, through... Uh... Yeah, through high school. And then uh, I moved to California at 20. I transferred schools and started going to Cal Poly San Luis Obispo up on the Central Coast. Uh-huh. Go, go Mustangs. And, go. Uh, we got a lot of Mustang listeners. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. they're going to go crazy. <laughs> this is this. a big Mustang uh, podcast. Big, yeah, yeah, I can, yeah, I can only imagine. You guys see the metrics, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when we look at it, we're always like, what's this spike coming from? Yeah, <laughs> San, Mustangs. Mustang shouts. San Luis Obispo. <laughs> but I, I moved there and, and it's a smaller community. Uh, college town hilly I didn't have a car or anything when I moved out so I got a, a road bike and started riding it to campus and all that sort of stuff and graduated from there into doing like 100 mile like century rides and oh and wow my wife has always been in the nonprofit world so she used to work for the National MS Society so we would do rides to Ventura Ohio up through the mountains and that oh, sort crazy. of stuff yeah so that was like when I really slimmed down it was like middle of college because I was riding my bike like Everywhere. 60 miles a day probably. wow yeah shit uh, and then when did you move down to L.A.? So I moved to L.A., I guess, about a, about a decade now. And um, Wait, did you go to college with a lot of, like, UCB? <clears throat> yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. all, the, all the, when we can name drop all the Sarah Class Bells and Amanda yeah, yeah. Sickles and Scott Nyman's of the world. Yes, exactly. We all you went to school together. You guys had click, yeah. Yeah, there's like 15 of us now yeah. from college, which the is Wu-Tang really great. The Wu-Tang clan of uh, <laughs> St. Louis <Lipisbo. laughs> But much more street. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah a yeah. lot more burning barrel music videos. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, so I, I moved down to LA and, and who, I, who would you be of that group? Wu-Tang. Like, I think what, it would just be about 15 Ghostface. Yes. All yeah, Ghostface. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All the kind of gravelly guys who stand <laughs> yeah, in the back. Yeah. There's no method man to be had. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Wow. Um, but I moved to LA. I bought a motorcycle right before I moved to Los Angeles. And that was kind of like my cheap get around town mode of transportation. Smart. And I had, I had my road bike and then a fixed gear bike that I had made myself in college, but then got to LA and was like, Oh, this is terrifying to be on a road bike or Jesus, to be on like yeah. a, a fixed gear bike. And so sold that quickly. And then within like, Two How much? Years. You remember <laughs> you know, let me call the guy. I still got his number. Yeah. I still got his Get number. How's that bike? How's that bike? Yeah, yeah. it's treating him. I'm, I stand by the work, so I'm happy to take it back. Um, but I, I got into a pretty serious motorcycle accident. Like two years in, I got T-boned by an old lady, out, basically in front of UCB. Oh, um, shit. Oh, and that, that put me in the hospital. You and told me that. I thought it was an, a sexual thing. <laughs> I was like, wow, Farley's into some weird shit. Yeah. This guy got piped. Yeah. <laughs> Stang, you've been T-boned by, by a couple of old ladies. Yeah, yeah. Different thing. It was great. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but this was a motorcycle This accident. is a yeah. motorcycle accident. Yeah, yeah that's actually different. From, no. Mine, I, d- I got a candy bar out of mine. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I did get a hand job in the ambulance on the way to the hospital. But honestly, I mean, that, that I don't blame the motorcycle or whatever. I mean, not that you should. It's an inanimate object. But like, um, <laughs> but I, it, it's, it has made me like more fearful even as like a, a cyclist in Los Angeles. Now. Sure. And so much of my job now is to be in my car, going around, have meetings and experiences with people that I'm just not on the bike as much as I would like. I have a trainer at home that I can like park my bike on and watch TV and, and cycle a little bit, but it's it's not quite the same as experience as it used to be. Right. Oh, so, so this was like your major source of exercise that you enjoyed Correct. was these like duration long bike rides yeah. and then even just kind of using it to get around exactly. and then experiencing this motorcycle accident. You're like, shit, I'm, I don't, I don't like this feeling of vulnerability. Yeah. And, and I mean, it's fragile. I mean, we're fragile. Exactly. You know? And, yeah. and LA is just not, I'm not. <laughs> 
Go ahead. Are you are you like in the Matrix videos where you punch the front of the car and it flips over? Yeah, you? yeah. Oh, that's I, tight. I, or or like um, the Hulk, uh, Incredible Hulk, does um, it punch yeah. the floor and then the floor comes up and then they. Slam I did it to love the floor. in that first Avengers where they want him to Hulk out and he needs to get mad, but he's like, I he he tells him like he's always mad. Yeah. And then he like punches what that like big centipede or whatever. <laughs> yeah. As like, he turns around. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when I was watching that and I was like, ah, I like this. Yeah. I did. You did just ring Stanger's doorbell and his front door came off. And I thought that was a structural <laughs> thing. I guess it's a strength issue. Yeah. yeah. It's a toughness thing. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. No they replace that. They replace that door all the time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Huge bank vault hinges. Like trying to keep it on. Doesn't work. We've tried everything, so we just go cheap. We yeah. just let him knock it down, you know. Or we just go through the back. Yeah, it could yeah. be easier. That door's always open. Um, uh, so I cut you off. What you were saying, oh, uh, L.A., just like, yeah, yeah it, you, it, people, it, tons of people on the road, unsafe to cycle. Exactly, right? yeah, and it's it's not a city that's built for that. Um, I'm on the east side, so it's a little bit easier to get towards, like, um, some specific riding trails, but I probably would have a better time transitioning to, like, a mountain bike and going up that way or something, oh, right. which isn't yeah. something I've done, but I'm interested in. Yeah. Uh, so exercise wise now in your life is it, it's really scattershot. Like it's really not, uh, is there, an, is there nothing really that you're that interested in or is it there a time issue or I, I, a mix I, of everything? I mean, I make myself feel like it's a time issue. Sure. Like, you know, one of the last things I routinely think before I go to bed is like, you know, tomorrow's a new day. You're going to do with those thoughts that we all have. And then I'll also just get up the next morning and be like, I don't have time for this. I, I gotta, yeah. I, you know, as it is, I don't sleep a lot. Like I, I tend to stay pretty busy, but the truth is like Kevin Hart still works out and I'm not busier than Kevin Hart. Like the rock still finds time to work out seven hours a day. Yeah. You can figure it out if you're willing. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it is a, you know, for some of those guys, it is a 4 a.m. Yeah. wake up call. Right. Yeah, uh, you know the Terry Crews wake up at three thirty before his call time type stuff. Yeah, Ooh. yeah, <laughs> yeah going yeah. for it. It's going for it. Yeah, uh, that's pretty hardcore. What? So what? Outside of um, the cycling, mm-hmm. what have you tried over the years? You know, I've I've been that guy who like got a pass to the Gold's Gym for a year uh-huh. and and liked it if I was going with a friend and always sort of relied on my friend, not only to keep me accountable but also maybe to show me some stuff that I didn't necessarily feel comfortable with on my own. Sure, but. The moment either something happens and you guys can't make the timing work or that year is up, I never felt like I was like reinvested to go back. And I never did any, and I know that I should have, I never did any of like the personal training sessions. I was never giving myself like personal tools to continue on on my own. Right. And so then I would go and do like yoga for a little while. And that I thought was really helpful and kind of a, a stoic passive way to still feel good about your body. But even that, like as long as I'm not, engaged with it because I have somebody who's there with me, I find myself falling off. So it's nothing really took traction. Yeah. Um, and then, and then, so I guess now we can transition a little bit into food stuff. Yeah. Cause I mean, ultimately, uh, like the time issue, wanting to exercise, all of that ultimately comes down to nutrition as well. It's yeah. like if you're eating kind of poorly, then you feel tired or, uh, you know, and then you don't feel like you want to exercise and all that kind of stuff. And so, like, there's kind of a, you know, they feed each other. Yeah. Um, oh, 100%. Well, and I, I feel like, I feel like there might be some, and you could probably speak to this because it's you, but uh, there's something too, like, well, if I can't be dialed in with my nutrition, then I'm not as motivated to really double down on exercise. Totally. You know what I mean? They want to kind of do them both together and yeah. Yeah. And I constantly have this sort of of fear that like, Oh, I'm, I'm 
going to be vegan for a month because like, that'll be the right thing for me to do. But then like, I'll lose the ability to, to do my job the way that I do my job. Or, sure. or you become so self-identified as a person who's like the food guy yeah. that to lose that feels like people would literally be asking like, Where, what the fuck happened to Farley? And that, that's hard for me. You know, yeah. I, I, I mean, but you've worked so hard to gain that identity. Too. Right. Right. Like, uh, if for the listeners who are out there and you know, uh, go to eater.com, look at Farley's articles, uh, some of them are about like closing restaurants or opening restaurants, but a lot of them are about awesome burgers, great food, and like things that are not necessarily something that you should be eating every day, but right. amazing. He's got a great Instagram too. Uh, right? just yeah. like, I'm just like, fuck, where is uh, that? Like, how do you time, find yeah. this stuff? Yeah, I don't. I don't yeah. blame anybody who like is trying to live a healthy lifestyle and unfollows me on Instagram. It's, <laughs> yeah. I, I get it. It's tough. I mean, the stuff it, looks spectacular. Oh man, and it, I, he always Farley always finds like. Something that I'm craving when I never realized I was craving. No, me too. I'm always just like, man, that like you know yeah. the size of that sandwich looks. Everything yeah. just seems everything right. Everything just that. makes sense in that. Yeah. So um, because of that, then are you eating, um, like uh, that type of cuisine, like uh, street food or like quote unquote bad food on a regular on a daily basis, or how how often would you say? Uh, these meetings at these restaurants are? Well, it's, uh, that, and then think about this one. Cause, so here's the obvious uh, advice that everybody gives you. Like, you don't have to eat the whole thing. Totally. Right? So, yeah. So how much, how much do you have to do it for your job? And then what's your response to that, uh, the obvious advice, which I'm sure you've thought of. To and the allegations? Yeah. No, no, you, you're absolutely right. I, I've gotten a lot better at... Um, the kind of portion control side of what I do and, and not just like crushing myself internally with like finishing all of everything. Cause what happens if you're not familiar with the restaurant industry is like a lot of the way that people treat each other positively when they know one another and somebody comes into the other person's restaurant, it's just to style them out with food, you know, and you might order or pay for two things, but you'll get a dozen because that's the way of like showing gratitude in the restaurant industry. And, um, I, I have a particular job that a certain type of restaurant really cares about. And so sometimes through no fault of my own, I, you I'll just walk into a restaurant as a person and get recognized and just get like hammered with food that I didn't even order. Sure. And, and God, like, that sounds like the worst, best problem <laughs> I've ever right, heard right. in my and, life. And, and, you like, know, I appreciate blue sheep with people <laughs> sending Coke and right. shit. You know? yeah. yeah. I appreciate you guys having me on because it is, it's a hard thing to talk about. Like everyone is like, you have the coolest job and my job is very cool, yeah. but it also presents a lot of dietary challenges that like, if I am not careful about will literally kill me. And, sure. And that's an increasing fear in, in a world where I have a wife and maybe have a family someday. Like, yeah. I worry about that stuff. And like, we love the Doughboys, but like they, they, most of their stuff is fast food and they can just walk away from it. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. hear that Mitch? <laughs> you just walk away from it. Farley has to sit there and eat it because there's also a side of restaurant. Cause I'm, I've, I remember bartending for years upon years and working in restaurants forever you're a bartender? I didn't know that. Dude, I managed bars in New York, and then I Whoa. worked as a bartender for most of my life in New York. That's great. Um, a, lot, a lot of trick shot pours and stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of, <laughs> lot of flair bartending. <laughs> uh, Do you have an old English guy that was like your mentor? Yeah, yeah, wow, yeah. yeah. Right. Old Irish guy. Yeah, old yeah. Irish guy? Yeah. Take out the dead. <laughs> Stink up the joint. Uh, but um, a lot of that, too, is like is similar to like a Filipino mom where like you eat... And if you don't finish it, they don't think you like it yeah. also. Yeah. So like, and if Farley's job is mostly going into these restaurants and they're p- hammering him with food, 
Like if there's if he does finish some things and doesn't finish other things, then people are like, oh shit, he's gonna shit. He didn't like the uh, fucking couscous. So. Right, right, right. Yeah, and that, that no, you're absolutely right. That is certainly a part of it. I don't take leftovers home from any restaurant ever, and it's like sometimes I have to explain to people multiple times that it is not a reflection on their food. It's like. I would never eat it. Almost all of my meals are outside of the house. If you figure average three meals a day, seven days a week, 21 meals, I probably eat out for 18 of those meals in a given week. Wow. So wow. it's good yeah. math. It's, quick, too. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Quick. Yeah, he, I, I saw was, him doing math in his car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, he was, he was doing, doing it in his car? He was doing all the math in his car before he walked in. Wow, yeah. you're coming in here loaded up with equations in your mind. Yeah, and shit? yeah. But it's like, it's like SNL size cue cards. So <laughs> yeah, I'm like yeah. flipping them. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's a challenge that is like a, a a very real thing, but also a very hard thing, I think, to talk about publicly. So to, to your previous point, I don't uh, um, I almost never finish everything just mm-hmm. because I can't. Um, I try to eat out with friends as like a, a helpful other mouth. And I have, I have a very thankful. <laughs> <laughs> bring yeah. your mouth. That's like, I'm hey, all, can you bring your helpful mouth? <laughs> yeah. I'm always very clear on the reservations. It's me plus a helpful mouth. Yeah. You call your friends sacks, right? <laughs> yeah. Garbage sacks. Yeah. 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 Big old trash. <laughs> Come have fun. But no, I'm very fortunate. I have a dining budget. So like my company helps to pay for a lot of the food that I eat. So it's just about the volume and being out. But, um, I also, I, I get paid to, to know people and be nice and have people like me and tell me information. So leaving stuff on the plate is sort of a hazard of the job. Yeah. There's also, uh, you know, definitely that the etiquette and then just like social norms and, mm-hmm. you know, trying to show gratitude by finishing all those components. But I mean, you can have a good amount of willpower, but go to a fucking delicious place every single day, right. three times a day, right. and have an entire table full of like the most amazing things, and just challenge yourself not to overdo it. Yeah, yeah. And especially it's, if they know that it's Farley, you know they're gonna like they're bringing out their A game. Yeah, they're bringing out yeah. their A game. It's gonna even if you have the most, it's gonna wear you down. Like sure. it's just gonna wear you down. Yeah. you know. I, I, I the way that I've I've tried to not be like five hundred pounds already is. Uh, I do do some intermittent fasting. I think just biologically that works really well for me. Mm-hmm. I try not to eat or drink after outside of water or coffee after 10 p.m. And then lunch is always around 1 p.m. the next day. So you're doing a 16-hour fast pretty yeah, 15, much. Yeah, 15, 15 to 16 hours. So you'll do last meal at like... You know, I, I might start at 8 if it's going to be a longer meal or just grab something at 9. Right. Um, but because I'm almost never home for dinner especially, there's there's not a lot of me like oh, I'm going to cook this really healthful thing and then be able to spend my time eating it and know that I'm out by 10. Sometimes right. it runs till whenever it gets done. Sure. So you're on a restricted window, so that's good. Yeah. You get the health benefit from that and the gut rest and then also the, just the overall reduction in calories. Yeah, and then mm. the other side is is there are certain times where like, I just have a working lunch by myself where I need to be somewhere. And that moment is when I try to just turn my brain off. I'll always be like, oh, I could get that breakfast burrito. It looks really good or something. But I just have to be like, get a salad, stop fucking thinking about it, and just sit down and keep working. It's, it's only really different when I have meetings or a particular restaurant that I need to be in. Got it. Um, so... I don't even know what to say. Like yeah, I, I'm trying to think hard. of yeah, I'm trying to think of like some some kind of takeaway that I could give you or some actionable. Well, because advice. it's so it's it's I mean, eighteen out of twenty one meals based right. on that cue card uh, <laughs> is is so much. It I is. mean, it is yeah. well, and also just in sitting here and talking with you about it, you're. You understand. Yeah, you're aware of it. You're aware of what's yeah, going yeah. on, yeah, what yeah. you should be doing, what you need to do, and then, you know, the challenges that you're up against. Um, Eugene, I'm really looking to you to solve this. I know. I'm, I'm, 
Uh, you so said what, you said whatever comes up today, I'll solve it yeah, so I yeah. can relax. But yeah. I don't think you got it. Ice ice baby. <laughs> well, no, I I mean I I think that I could I could be doing a better job of um of of just being really honest with myself and probably stepping away a little bit more than I am. Like, well, what's what's the uh, what's your first meal of the day? Is it's, it it's lunch? Is at, it usually a is that are the lunches usually meetings or the Lunch is usually just you, a working lunch. There, there usually some level of meeting, okay. either directly with a restaurant or I'm, you know, eating at construction that worker, <laughs> yeah. garbage, garbage man. man. Yeah, anybody yeah. whose hand I can shake, <laughs> yeah. I'll eat. You know that. Um, but sometimes it'll just be me and a friend of mine catching lunch wherever. But usually there's something involved where I go to that restaurant. That restaurant knows who I am, even if I haven't come in and mentioned myself in advance or whatever. Yeah. So ooh, then what would... Ooh, la la. It's pretty <laughs> yeah. cool. Pretty cool. That's See, him. this is socially the problem. Yeah, that's right? him. That's <laughs> him. That's the guy. That's the guy. Yeah. So, hey, we'll get you everything on the menu. There you go, baby. Are a lot of the places... That you do visit at lunch, mostly still dinner places? Uh, it depends. I mean, there's a, a really big rise of that kind of lunchtime fast casual in Los Angeles right now. Yeah. Usually second concepts for people where they use that as a money-making proposition to fund their dinner operation. So a lot of times like that, it's something that's a little more pared down, but by the same chef who also has the place next door. Cool. So then, because it's usually a lunch-ish place... There are usually healthy options available. Yeah. I mean, L.A. is smart enough, like, on the menus of most restaurants to figure out ways to find healthy stuff. But sure. they're going to offer you every everything well, it's on the also menu. His, it's his job to pick the stars of the show. I mean, you've got to go what they're known. You can't just, like, yeah, go right. and write about a restaurant and be like, well, I stuck to the boiled chicken and the, you know, I mean, yeah. you got to pick what they're but famous true. for. But, but true. to your point, I think there is, there is some workability in, like, order the salad and they might send me the burger because they think it's a great burger. And then you try the burger, but you're leaving it instead of ordering the burger because you know, that's what they want me to order. Right. I think, yeah, I, I think that's the se- the secret. I think you have to pick a base, which is going to be the majority of your meal so that you can fill yourself up mm-hmm. so that you're not, you know, it's not like a, like a high altitude training situation where you're just like yeah. white knuckling it through all this delicious stuff. Yeah. So yeah, the, the salad, whatever the healthy choice is. And then, you know, then just do tastes of whatever they bring right. out. You cut like a little piece out of it and yeah. you just got to, and I think if you, it's going to take some nerve energy on your end. And then I'm, you, you're over, we even had a discussion about how overly polite <laughs> I, I did something that you recognize as being like, Hey, relax. You're fine. You're fine. I do this too. And you're fine. Um, but I think it's, you know, if you, if you establish that and you know, going into it, that that's, Hey, it's, you get, I'm going to do one bite of each of these things. Right. It might help. But I mean, that's, you know, it's going to take some energy to do. Yeah. I think I'm, I'm also, I mean, I, I'm not like a, a massively overweight person, but I'm big enough that if anybody came to my table and I was like, Hey, I'm just going to have a bite of this. Like, you have to know that I'm trying not to kill myself. Like, I think, I think people would understand, you know? Yeah. Sure. And I yeah. think they do more than we give them credit for. Right. right. Cause I'll, I'll do similar stuff to where, and it's like, man, if I had just explained it the right way or just people usually are just like, fine, you right. know, but you, you worry too much. You yeah. Know? yeah. Yeah. The only people that are really going to give you the hardest uh, issues about it are the people that are the closest to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Honestly. <laughs> uh, everybody else really doesn't care. And then the to, people closest to you. You used to love this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just like, I can't. Yeah. yeah. The closest people to you are going like, oh, yeah. I mean, it's fine that you just kind of don't drink anymore. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. You're kind of uh, even boring. Though even though it's the holidays. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of neat that you don't really drink. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. Uh, oh, so, you boy. know, those are the kind of fights you get used to. Yeah. Yeah. There really is something about, like, the attitudes and perceptions of other people about you getting frozen in this sort of amber, you know? Yeah. I, I went home to New York um, a couple of weeks ago for the first time in a, in a couple of years. And, like, when I was a little kid, I used to collect Pez dispensers. There's something about, like, just having a volume of these things that it felt like I was gaining something that I had <laughs> it over other people. That's and, understandable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I'm not jumping off of buildings because it seems, like, interesting. So hey. leave me alone. Hey, you never know. <laughs> yeah. You don't know if it's your curiosity or... Yeah. <laughs> but, like, no, I, I like went home and like Dick Tracy one, you know, like <laughs> yeah. some of the lesser movie properties yeah. you're like, wow, yeah. they tried, yeah. but yeah. they didn't quite catch. Yeah, the face is a little off. Yeah. But my uh my stepmom Dumbo? like had bought me a <laughs> she my stepmom had bought me a Pez dispenser. And it was like, oh, I was 11. And like, <laughs> yeah. But there's something about like you're just encased in that kind of an amber that right. she thinks you'll still like this. Yeah. And and the, and it's your thing. Yeah. yeah right. Oh, well, that's that's something I deal with with going home is just being like the big boy, you know, like the clean plate club and all that stuff. Yeah. And then I like now that I just eat less, you know, my I know it bumps my parents a lot. Like it's all you're gonna have, you know, and crazy. You don't yeah. want you don't want a couple plates of it. I'm just like I don't, you know, I don't need to have four pounds of meat yeah. every night. Yeah, <laughs> thank you, but thank I thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, the, the other thing that I was I'm curious about is how far in advance do you know what your week. It, uh, like which restaurants you're gonna hit up, or is it is it pretty um, is it pretty set schedule wise? Like as far as like oh like this new restaurant's open, so I know I'm going there on Thursday, so and so and so forth. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty locked in usually for like sixty percent of my week of knowing, and then the re- the other forty percent is figuring it out as I go. Okay, um, and math a lot- from the cardigan, yeah. math from the cardigan. He's got a big old yeah, card yeah. looking at. Yeah, you could hear the cardboard like whoa, 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 as I'm like moving these sheets. Forty percent. Yeah. yeah, but no, it, it's um. It's interesting just because of the fluid nature of, of the restaurant industry. A, a great example is like last week we were supposed to have our work holiday party for a couple of freelancers, myself and, and some others that was like at a restaurant on Thursday. And that Monday it came out that like the dude who owns that restaurant has been massively accused of sexual assault across New York City and Los Angeles. Hey, man. Oh. But, he, he, you know, he, he drives a moped. Right. All over the place. Yeah. yeah and he exactly. looks weird already doing that. So like. In his Crocs. <laughs> the, the optics is of. Is that Batali? This was. <laughs> even tell this is a, a Ken Friedman and April Bloomfield restaurant. They do Spotted Pig in New York and oh, a bunch yeah. of other places. Oh shit, that dude? Yeah. Oh, I mean, Ken, oh wait, 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 yeah. And I also the allegations against Ken Friedman are like way worse and everything's on the record and and oh, right. verging on very, very illegal. This is bad the one stuff. that has like that room. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Lovingly called the rape room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Pretty great. Oh. Um, they opened a restaurant less than 10 days ago in Hollywood called The Hearth and the Hound, and we were supposed to have our holiday party there. Oh, my God. And the optics of that are, would be terrible. Yeah. So we, wow. so we moved our holiday party to somebody somewhere else on three days' notice, and then I also, like, because it is still my job, went to go check in on The Hearth and Hound after our holiday party just to be like, what's the vibe in here right now because yeah. of everything that we know? And they were just pissed that you guys moved your holiday party. Yeah, I did get talked to about moving my holiday party 100%. Yeah. <laughs> that's wow. very real money. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Shit. Well, that's the whole thing, too, where you have, like, the, you know, the head of the snake that's doing this bad stuff, but then there's all these employees and stuff that work there. Right. Know? Is that the butt of the snake? That's the ass of the snake. Yeah. yeah the employees. <laughs> yeah. So there's, there's just one head and then the rest is butt. Yeah, the rest is butt. Okay. Yeah. I, got, I got some sheets here. I could draw you an image. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, draw me a snake. I'm like the snake butt of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> draw me a snake. Um, the reason I asked you about your 60-40% is 
and again, this is like so much willpower, but is it possible to kind of chart it out in a certain way of going like, well, I know I'm going to so-and-so for lunch tomorrow, so then that dinner I'm going to chill out because I know I'm going to have the best this at lunch. Right. And like that way you're kind of like what we were talking about last week and how to eat over the holidays is like pick one meal a day yeah, that you know you're going to go nuts on, especially during the holidays. And then the rest of it, try to just kind of like, you know, own it Yeah. otherwise. Yeah, use whatever information you have, the 60% of information you have to be strategic about where, right. where you're going to spend sure. your calories. Yeah. I mean, it takes it takes some work no, on your end. I think, that, I think that's a really good idea. And like, I'm also sort of vaguely expected to be at every restaurant all the time. And so I also can kind of get away with being at no restaurant anytime, you know, cause everyone will sure. just assume that you're somewhere else. Yeah. So I do have a little bit of flexibility if I was willing to take it on to just like step back, dial it, you know, instead of going a hundred percent, dial it back to 80, those numbers work, um, <laughs> and dial it back to 80 and just be like, He's using an abacus. Now. Yeah, be like more <laughs> mellow, you know? Be like, oh, I got dinner somewhere, but really I'm just going to like eat a salad at my favorite local place because that's what I should be doing. Right. I think that's, I think that's the key, too. Yeah. I think you've done enough work to build that foundation, right? right? And I think you got to, now it's, you need to figure out how to transition, you know, into, yeah. you know, being able to be more, practicing more self-care, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, th- and that's it. This, at its current rate, like not only the amount of work that I do, but the amount of eating that I do is, is literally unsustainable. And yeah. so um, you're absolutely right. There's a weird mental attitude change that has to happen to kind yeah. of make it a personal perspective instead of something that the world is just always putting on me. Right. It's also yeah. what got you here. So right. it's hard to leave all that behind. Sure. Right? You know? And also food is delicious. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so absolutely. it's like fucking hard. <laughs> yeah. Well, and God. then you don't even like cosmically, you don't want to be ungrateful. Yes. You know, you've yeah, said totally. it a lot on this podcast, like how, fortunate you feel and all that stuff because yeah. you don't want any of like the people like hey yeah. you got the best job in the world you fucking <laughs> asshole you've acknowledged that everybody knows that you're happy about your job and feel lucky but yeah it's that cosmic you know you, you want to seem grateful to the cosmos what is your favorite food oh, oh like, yeah so let's get into this like let's my get favorite cuisine type yeah, yeah, fun yeah. stuff here uh I mean, probably Mexican food would be like, I would eat that every day. As long as I could have all regions of Mexico for the rest of my life. Really? Yes, 100%. What do you mean all regions? Like, uh, so, the, yeah, there's just vast differences. Sure. Like, there's um, coastal seafood. There's like pre-Hispanic food that is like Ooh. Mayan inspired and all yes. that kind of stuff. There's Oaxacan food. There's stuff that you can kind of only get like in the central parts of Mexico, like Pueblo or Mexico City. There's just like a wide variety of like cultural styles. And there are places you do flour tortillas, corn, everything. So yeah, if I could have all of that, that's what I would do. Just Mexican food. Just all oh, Mexican wow. food. Yeah, I, I get. Th- I'm kind of with you on that. Yeah. I think. I think. Well, I love. It, yeah, it, I can also eat like uh, you know just beans or like things that are relatively healthy. I can do juices. Like those are a very traditionally Mexican thing that you see in a lot of neighborhoods around Los Angeles. Yeah, you could find your ways. I think. Yeah, and I mean, even the way that they simply prepare like a taco is, mm-hmm. is uh, not necessarily bad. What about you, Huge? What What's yours? What's my what cuisine of choice? Yeah. I mean, it's tough. It's uh, I I can and I have growing up eating Filipino food every day, and I'll still do it again now. That yeah. uh, like as an adult, the fact that the only time I really have it is if I'm out or if I like take the time to cook. Yeah, uh, cook that. Then I. Do That's it. your favorite. Yeah. 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 That's good, man. But nothing, you know. And now there's more and more fusion stuff. Uh, but like 
yeah, the closest that I could get to like home cooking is the best. Yeah. Um, so what's been the most interesting thing you've tried this year? Ooh, um, most interesting. You know, I find myself constantly. You can give a couple too, and so you don't have to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Play favorites or whatever. I, I, yeah, um, I, I constantly find myself surprised by neighborhoods that I thought I knew. You know, you go to Koreatown, and there's just like hundreds of thousands of Koreans who are eating in the most densely packed restaurant side of this city that you could imagine. There's probably 35 restaurants on any given block in Koreatown. And, and do you like the Korean barbecue? Yeah, Korean barbecue for me, I think, is like great introductory stuff. But you go to like real, like down home Koreans love it kind of places. There's a spot called Sunnan Dan that does these big stone bowls and they just do beef short ribs on the bone that they cut off at the table. And then it's like rice cakes and kimchi and it all boils. And if you want for like a dollar extra, they'll put so much cheese on top and hit it with a blowtorch. And it's like the most delicious open 24 hour restaurant you can imagine. Oh wow. my God. Yeah. Sounds interesting. What kind <laughs> of cheese? Amazing. It's like a mozzarella cheese. Like a mozzarella <laughs> wow. cheese. Yeah, yeah. It's like wow. it's Gangster. crazy. But you get a lot of this in Korean food because there's influences from a ton of uh, American like GIs who spent time over there. Yeah. yeah. So like Budajigai, the like sort of famous Korean soup dish, is has like hot dogs in it and like instant ramen. It's by design because it was all the stuff that they could get off the base to help infuse yeah. the food they already had. The MREs and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you see a lot of this cross-cultural stuff in, in Korean cuisine for sure. Interesting. Yeah. That sounds great. Yeah. What And then uh, you mentioned... Dupar is a local restaurant closing mm-hmm. down in LA. Yeah. Was it good though? I mean, or is it more just like an institution? It's like a diner, right? Like a greasy spoon yeah. diner. Yeah. Almost every restaurant that is over 60 years old is like a kind of vaguely pan American diner. They'll yeah. do burgers and pancakes and eggs and that sort of thing. I mean, there's a reason that that stuff endures, but it also means that you're not ever going to get surprised by something at Dupar's. Yeah. Um, it's just like all those LA places that are. Burgers, pastrami, tacos. Yes, exactly. Is that like like on the side? Yeah, it's yeah. like Troy's burgers, pastrami, and Mexican food. Yeah, or, or like, like just like a donut place. It's like also Chinese food. You're like, whoa, what's, what's well, the, you know, those that shit is legit though. There are there are two very specific reasons for each of these things. Ooh. Like Los Angeles is a city that we essentially created because of the rise of the intercontinental highway system in the 1950s. What we now know is traditional fast food. So when you hear the Doughboys, and they're always talking about this place started in Southern California. That's the reason. Like Taco Bell was founded in San Bernardino in 1943 because I, Glenn Bell, Glenn Bell, stole a recipe from the Mexican restaurant across the street to do hard shell tacos. So we have these little roadside stands that still populate Los Angeles that were originally just burgers and hot dogs, but over the years, the pastrami, because of the commodification of the American beef industry, allowed us to like have this amazing Jewish deli scene that we still have with places like Langer's and Cantor's. So then they throw that on the menu as a cheap option. Yeah, And then all through the 70s, 80s, and 90s, the rise of Mexican immigration, especially in the hospitality workforce, meant that people come and add burritos and tacos and everything else. So they're truly the most unique American restaurants that encapsulate everything that Los Angeles is. I love, I mean, I've gotten burgers, pastrami, and Mexican food from those type places all the time. And all of them are good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And the, the I'll, I'll do a quick summation of the, the Chinese and donut thing. Um, 
the reason that like you see a donut box and you immediately recognize it as being a pink color is because Cambodians fleeing the Khmer Rouge moved to Southern California, specifically in Long Beach. And uh, the sort of pink was a prideful color for them back in their home country. And so they all started banding together and they couldn't sell Cambodian food because Americans didn't know what it was. So they would sell Chinese food and do basic Chinese American staples, but also some Cambodian stuff on the side. And then they got into the donut side and added the boxes. And so now every time you go to one of these places that's like Chinese food and donuts, it was a, a probably still is run by a Cambodian family because they were literally fleeing their home country. God, that's amazing. Holy shit. I love those pink donut boxes yeah. too. Donut yeah. start by my house is the best. Yeah. Pink box. Everything. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that started in Southern California. Shit, dude. You're smart with all this yeah. stuff, man. <laughs> I, yeah. I this it. is also I, why like right now we're, I'm sure everybody listening to it is like, man, I either want Mexican food, donut, like <laughs> yeah. you want your quote unquote cheap meal or you're like, you know, your meal that is high in calories to happen right A now. A high calorie meal, yeah. which everybody's entitled yeah. to. You're, you are. Yeah. yeah. What what do you, what, so is there any exercise that jumps out to you, like something you've seen or that you like? You mentioned yoga is something that, 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 that lit you up a little bit. Yeah. What I, else? I mean, what, anything you've wanted to try or. Yeah, this is something I actually wanted to talk to you guys about. Like I'm. I'm competitive enough, right, in, mm-hmm. in my day-to-day life that I feel like there's a world where I could get into, like, high-intensity interval training or, sure. like, a CrossFit sort of thing. Yeah. Um, I'm sure I have the same reservations as anybody else about going to a box gym and fitting in with people who are already in an advanced level. And I've never done a personal training session with anybody at any level. So it feels like I don't want to be some oafish dummy who just, like, crawls into the gym and can't do anything well. Right. But I do, I do wonder... Don't. No. Oh, interesting. I know. Yeah. Wow, that's a controversial a shocker, right? yeah, yeah. position yeah. to take. Wow. But I, Usually every person that has walked into the CrossFit 323 or places that I've worked out at go like, how awkward can I feel here? Yeah. 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 I'm Let's looking ramp to be it up. an yeah. oafish dummy. Yeah. <laughs> can you help facilitate that? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's why you see like a, a lot of like tall, heavy guys have slouch shoulders. They're just sort of hiding it, you know, like yeah. they don't yeah. want anyone to just notice to them. Disappear. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. so I think that there's maybe if I could get into it, I, I bet that I would be competitive enough to be that guy who like, you just did a tough mutter. Like, yeah, there's a world of where I do a tough mutter in a year because I started some process and like, I really want to do well. You're talking about being angry at yourself for not finishing something some certain obstacles. Yeah. Like, I'm sure I would have that exact same feeling. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I, I, especially the way that you've done your math in the car and <laughs> cue card and everything. I feel like if you structured it into your life, I think it would be a big boost. Yeah. I, I, well, I think knowing that about you. So Eugene, Eugene is a, is a fighter mm-hmm. and a martial artist and it is it's competitive with that. And he got a lot out of exercise that's kind of built around that personal achievement. To yeah. like, so like hitting PRs, you know, you know, managing it that way to where it's not just this kind of open-ended thing that you're just doing. You like the, uh, yeah. Yeah. Training for weight and all that kind of yeah, shit. You, yeah. I really like the idea. And also like, just kind of like the math of it was like being able to like write down or see results. You know? see, see the results and be competitive about yeah. them with yourself or with other people. I yeah. think with yourself is usually the best usually motivator. the best way to do it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, I, I mean, if you wanted to do like a, like a step down version or a more accessible version, like a place like Go Tribe, which comes up a lot, could be cool. Yeah. You know, there's a little bit more, inst- they're a little more instruction based, right? Yeah. And, and, and that does it. There, there's other ones too. Yeah. They're, uh, in, I'm trying to think. And like on the East side, um, I think they're quite a, like, there's a couple of like those, um, like group training, no longer called 
CrossFit necessarily, yeah. but it's focused on group training, you know? And it's like hitting up one of those a couple of days a week, once or twice a week, just to get into the mentality. And a lot of it, um, a lot of it is, um, is based on um, people trying things for the first time. Like, yeah. A lot of the time it's, it's not that consistent, you know? Yeah, my question is like, because they're group activities, if I come in as the newcomer and everybody else is at a week three level or a six month level, like, is there a sense socially that, that people are waiting for me to finish my thing or it's a little bit more independent even though it's a group setting? You know, um, the, when it comes to group training, the only thing that you're really, I feel like the only thing that people are really paying attention to is people don't want to come in last. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, and that's pretty much it. Yeah, people don't want to come in the last, and and uh, but they're so focused on themselves not coming in the last that they don't know if they've come in last or not. <laughs> yeah, uh, and and the only and that was the thing about CrossFit that I didn't like is usually the last person to finish, everybody's cheering for that person, fuck, and it, fuck that. it brings attention to the last person, right? Rather than like. If you're done and you're just kind of like stretching out or like staying quiet, then, you know, like that person can finish and nobody's going like, hey, you know, afterwards, maybe you'll go like, hey, good job. You know, right. great. But most of the time as well, uh, and a lot of uh, group training sessions work on time now rather than uh, CrossFit's the only thing that really works on like do as many. I mean, uh do these exercises and go. And mm-hmm. then when you finish, you finish. Right. Usually it's like, all right, for the next 35 minutes, you're going through all of these exercises. If you finish one, you move on to the next one. If you finish that one, move on to the next one. If you finish that, go back to the first one. Got it. And you just kind of do that for 30 minutes. Right. So you don't know where anybody else is at. <laughs> you yeah. know? And, and there's, I think there's something to that, and especially you with having these kind of busy program days where it's like, man, I can count on having this great workout, it's a set amount of time, whatever energy level you feel, you either get a lot in or you get less in, but you're always doing it. And I think if you do your homework and find a place that is going to, you know, keep you in the right form and watch what you're doing and that you enjoy people that you're, that you're around, you'll be motivated to go. Yeah. And you can, but it might, it'll take some homework. You got to maybe have to try a place or two. And you're going to be competitive with other people when you first walk in, but then, Shortly after you start, you're going to just be competitive with yourself. Right. And then there's going to be a couple of people that you feel like are at the same level as you. And then you're going to be competitive with them again. But right. they're also going to be like and then there's going to be friends. A couple of people you don't trust. Oh, wow. Which is always interesting. Yeah. Wow. And a couple of people that that you, you want to make trust you, but they shouldn't. Yeah. You know, stuff to think about. A couple of people you'll be jealous of, a couple of people you'll be yeah. a- angry at, and a couple of people you'll be sad for. Yeah. And then at one point, all the windows and doors close, and we discover that there's like a single gun in a locked box, and we have to sort of figure out who the killer is or was or is going to be. I would I'm, say more often than not. More yeah. often than not, that's okay. usually what happened by week three after Got your it. trial period. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to see where I am on the board, but yeah. I'm into yeah. the gun yeah. thing too. Yeah. So if you stay alive enough, yeah. You know, through enough of these experiences, you're going to be in shape yeah. and you'll have killed a lot of people. 
<laughs> Swin. Swin. I, Swin. Every, everyone I see who's in shape has killed so many yeah. people. Yeah. <laughs> I, do, I do think about that in, in a slightly different way, though, that like everyone I see who's in shape in Los Angeles isn't just like, I walked around and I'm in shape. They're like working at it all the time. Yeah, I mean, uh, that are in that kind of shape, sure. Yeah. I mean, but also people that are healthy um, is a mix of like, making sure that you fit it in your lifestyle yeah. is mm-hmm. really what it is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, You don't have to, like, go balls to the wall every single day if, if that's not, like, your goal of your life. Uh, but to be healthy, you know, you have to just pick a few days a week that you're just like, you know what, I need to make this choice to at least, yeah. you know, go on a hike on the weekend and then, like, two days at a gym or something like that where it's just, like, consistent enough where it's part of your math. Yeah. You know? Hel- healthy and happy. I think since we've done this show... That's been, you know, it's the right amount of balance. Yeah. Because, you know, there's these extreme examples or stuff that, that isn't going to last or these people that are miserable because they're, they're doing these, you know, they, their body may look amazing, but, you know, what kind of life are they living? Yeah. And, and, and if it's life not making changes. And life know? changes. Yeah. Yeah. And so, Eugene, for you, when you started going through your sort of transformation to a healthier person, did you have particular kind of mental motivators that you were using to keep you going? Um, uh, you know, a lot of it was, um, well, first of all, a a number of it was like kind of work-based because I was never big enough to be like the big guy Mm -hmm. and, um, and I liked competing so much in general. Like I I loved the idea of competition and, uh, and the idea of like working at something. So I think I just needed, and the fact that, you know, um, you know, when you're focused on being an actor, your structure is so off, you know? And yeah. like I was maybe teaching at UCB and like coaching improv groups. So my structure was like just in that and it wasn't in anything else. And I just needed something else to help me structure my life. Got it. And um, so, uh, so I was driven by structure, I think. It was like one of those things where it was like, well, this is what I do. I got to make sure that I do this one thing that I always do. Right. And then when I do that, then it felt like I achieved something. Because like, you never knew when an audition was coming or this or that, the other thing. So it's like, well, at least I did this. At least I worked out. And then it became, wow, at least I you know, did this amount of squats. Oh, at least I did this. And it's like, I wonder if I can do this. And I think it was like hitting my PRs, hitting my numbers, um, yes. and, and focused on that self-efficacy, something yeah. you could hang your hat on. Yeah. yeah. So that my motivation was myself of like, wait, I can do this. Right. You know, I think that's a really good way of thinking about it. Like, I, I feel like I spend so much of my time looking forward to, oh, here's what I'm going to do. Yeah. Instead of being like, do it now because the future is not necessarily a guarantee of your own time. Like something is going to come up. You'll have to go to that audition. I'll have to go meet somebody that I wasn't expecting to meet. So I might as well do it now when I know I can. Yeah. And then I'm like banking it essentially for future me. I mean, now, right now I'm so focused on like I work out at 6 a.m. every day yeah. just because it's just like I know I can do it then. Yeah. Nothing else is happening. Yeah. I mean, Quincy woke up this morning while I was leaving and I felt horrible for Trish. <laughs> and she texted me, Later. he's still awake. Uh, <laughs> and I went, okay, I'll see you in an hour. Oh, no. <laughs> but, you know, like that happens. <laughs> but, you know, t- Trish also texts me in the middle of this podcast, I want nachos. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, there's a healthy medium there. I get that. Uh, best nachos in L.A.? Ooh, do you just want like what kind of are you comfortable with nachos that are like loaded up with a bunch of stuff? I like I, sometimes I like the loaded ones. Yeah, at, at like a bar. Yeah, 
if yeah. I'm like there for a while and I'm watching a game. Yeah. And then sometimes I like just like tri- like plain nachos. What like you I, I like the stuff that has all the real ingredients. Like I don't like the the weird cheese. Okay. Like the, the, you know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, oh, you yeah. don't like the canned cheese? Yeah, yeah, the, 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 yeah, yeah. The bright orange canned cheese is a little much. Uh, Bar Ama in downtown Los Angeles does like a nacho hour on the weekends, and that's like a Tex-Mex style Ooh. Houston restaurant that is like really, really good. I will also say, not always available, but if you can think about it when you're there, off menu, they will at home state take their queso and turn it into some nachos for you if you're willing to ask. Really? Top secret. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. But it, it would have to be you, and they know no, you. No, no, no. <laughs> I heard about this from someone else. His name was Warley Elliott. <laughs> that guy eats nachos everywhere. Hey, that's that garbage man, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> the evil version of you. Exactly. Um, oh, dope. Nachos yeah. are good. Yeah. What, and so what, what did you mean by plain style, Eugene? Uh, just just like cheese? Chi- yeah, chips and cheese. Yeah. But not the orange stuff, right? No, 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 no not the orange stuff. No, 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 no. no, and the, the case that. where they make at Homestead is like they use real cheese and yeah. it's like a process. It's not just like coming from a can. Yeah. Can I ask you a question, Stinger? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you seem like a person, at least through my perspective, who's always been pretty healthy, mm-hmm. even obviously through college and, and from what I've heard of this podcast, you sort of ate relatively healthy as a kid, right? Pretty much, yeah. Have you ever had a time when you kind of your weight ballooned up out of control, like post-injury or something? Yeah, well, so as a kid, like I was like from time to time would be like a chunkier kid. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and then it would stress my parents out a little bit too. And so my mom, I remember my mom like, like getting me to jog around the block and stuff. Like I didn't even understand what was going on, but she would just like wake me up and be like, Hey, you need to go jog around the block. And I was just like, all right. Like I was just like a good soldier kid. Like I would just like (laughs) do it, you know? And then she'd have like water for me when I came back. And like, I didn't even like realize. And then my parents were a little restrictive with food. Um, and they did their best. Like, I would say they're fairly progressive as far as like what was healthy. You know, mm-hmm. my dad was like a vegetarian early on for a while. And then, um, they would, you know, you know, watch just having too much empty calories, you know, all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff, probably more than a lot of people at that time. And then when I got to, um, and then I always got, I was playing sports. So I'd always like lift and eat for performance. Mm-hmm. So I'd try to eat like the healthiest thing to like, you know, to sustain muscle growth or to like improve there and then that really like that started early like as like a seventh grader you know and I kept that up all the way through till now really um and through college but when I was done playing football at Cal I don't know if I've ever mentioned that on this podcast no no no. (laughs) it never comes up edit this out I don't want people to think that I'm trying (laughs) to and that never comes up either and I always (laughs) do it (laughs) um when I was done playing I I noticed I noticed something when guys would come back that had played before they either looked normal or they looked like they were like, like out of shape, like they looked obese. And, you know, you get used to burning a certain amount of calories and eating a certain way. And then when you stop playing, you stop burning, you know, 4,000 calories a day or whatever right. obscene amount of calories you're burning a day. And you either change the way you eat and exercise or, you know, it, it defines you in, in a negative way. And so, like, I just remember when I was done, I was probably like 250. I would maybe weigh 260 in the off season. I, I just thought like I've got to make significant changes, and it was it was hard, and it's something that like I two fifty or two sixty really yeah two yeah. I would get up over two fifty yeah two sixty sometimes, yeah. um that was like at the, my heaviest and uh, and but and and like I would do things that were maybe unhealthy or or let you know like just almost like starving myself too much or you know just eating funky stuff or drinking forty diet cokes you know whatever I yeah. could to kind of like get down and then yeah. I would 
get really light for a while and then I'd put a little bit back on. And I would say, you know, like in the last five years, I feel like I've leveled off the most as far as, you know, it's not, it's not as much for vanity or for, for just purely how I look reasons. It's like, Oh, I can eat this stuff to feel healthy and be healthy. And then it shows up in the right way on your body. So if there was sort of like a reverse thinner situation where you guys both woke up tomorrow and you were like 30 pounds heavier than you are now, what would you, what would you think? Like, what would be your first thought? Whatever, like, what gypsy did I run? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who's hit, who did I hit with my car? Yeah, yeah. what did yeah. I do? Who did I T-bone <laughs> yeah. in the wrong way? Who did I T-bone yeah. in the wrong way? Yeah, because there's a good way to get T-bone. Yeah, there's a good there's a, You get candy at the end. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's got to be, they got to be old. Yeah, they got to yeah. be old. Um, if, I, if, if I woke up and 30 pounds heavier, I, I think the first thing um, that I would be focused in on would be my nutrition again. Yeah. Because I know that, like, my relationship with food... Um, cause you know, it's so easy when you, if you wake up and you're like, holy shit, I'm heavier. Well, fuck it. I right. might as well eat pretty shitty for the next couple of weeks and then I'll figure it out. Yeah. Um, but it would be like, okay, what is my relationship right now with food? And then just see if I can get back on the horse of exercising again. Got it. Uh, pretty simple stuff. Things that like, cause when I was heavier, I, I did have to think about like, Ooh, this is hurting my knees yeah. oh, because I'm carrying a lot more weight. On me. Yeah, so I got to do it slower, but just be, you know, conscious of my body. Yeah, but it's interesting you're saying that it wouldn't feel to you necessarily like, oh, I'm freaking out. This thing is happening to me. You just go, I'm going to take it a day at a time. I'm going to yeah. start planning again. Uh, yeah, I think because I've already gone through it. Yeah, I think that first time or like, you know, when you see that picture of yourself and you're like, holy shit. Like, that's when I free... So the fact that I've been down that road, I feel like I can go down that road again. Yeah. But, uh, like, if it, was the fir- if it was the first time, it would have to be my relationship with food, really. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, so in response to freaking out, um, yeah, I think, I think if you've been on this path for a while and been humbled in different ways yeah do you realize that there's stuff emotionally that serves you and stuff that doesn't Mm -hmm. so beating yourself up for too long it doesn't at the end of the you know looking at your stomach or whatever it is it's just eventually like it 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 reads it's diminishing returns like it's just not all right that's that's where you are that's you had that meal you ate that you you broke down you had this whatever it is not going to serve you anymore so then you just need to go into you know there there is you know your body is made up of uh you know sugars and proteins and chemicals and all this shit and the, what you put in your body, the food that you put in your body feeds that in a positive or negative way so that it can be solved. You can figure it out. Right. And it may not be to the extent that you want, but you can improve. Everybody can. Yeah. We all have the same biology in that respect. So then it's, I, I agree with Eugene. I, Eugene, I would go 100% nutrition. If you want to be in active fat loss, it's all through nutrition. Yeah. Exercise is hugely important and it's like napalm. Like it'll it'll, you know, ignite the gas or vice versa, whatever mm-hmm. it is. But you have to, like, you have to figure out what's going on nutritionally. And if you wanted to, I would say get some blood work done and f- look at some of those biomarkers and see, you know, do you have a thyroid thing going on? Um, there's genetic, there's all these good genetic tests that you can do now to find out if you're one of these people. There's all these, we talk about it on here, these genetic polymorphisms or genome types mm-hmm. of people that, like, 
process calories differently, saturated fats differently. So that way, you know, like, oh, wow, this, you know, I know that a uh, ketogenic diet is good for a lot of people, but it actually doesn't work for me because sure. of how I absorb, you know, saturated fats. I can't right. do it. Right. Or I can, and I'll try that. And I think following, you know, like a paleo template, a whole 30, a ketogenic diet, even if you're not going to do it in the long run, I think to start could help you um, because those things do work. Yeah, and I mean, it's ultimately focused on, you know, paying attention to every meal that's going in. Exactly. So, you know, whether you take everything away from it, I think the mindfulness that you get from it, the fact that it's finite, I'm doing this for 30 days, I'm doing this for two months, whatever it is, makes makes it easy to, you know, easier to approach. It makes it more accessible. And then I think what you learn from it at the end, whether you stick with it or not, is hugely beneficial. And then it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a series of those, you yeah. know, these stops and starts with all these different things that you try. Right. And then eventually you'll kind of evolve and then you'll have the thing that works the best for you. Yeah. And you're going to have those meals that you're always going to want. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're going to have those, um, those, uh, you know, moments where you feel like, uh, you're, you've you've given in or whatever, but then you have to just like know that that's one of your meals, right? right. Yeah. You know, I feel Again. like I feel like you guys are going to start scanning the Instagram to see if there's any noticeable changes. <laughs> for sure, yeah. <laughs> we're going to have you back. Yeah, great. So yeah. that way we'll really be able to yeah. determine. That's, yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, cool. Let's uh, do a little bit of this. Uh oh, trouble in paradise. No, not really. Uh, Trapped that, in paradise. Yeah, trapped in paradise. That's our five-star motivational marker. What does that mean? Well, that means that the following three people on <laughs> iTunes have rated and reviewed re- reviewed us five stars on... Revooted us. Revooted us on uh, iTunes, uh, which only helps us, you know, move up the rankings on iTunes so people can listen to this more. Thank you very much for... Um, uh, listening to the podcast and being a, 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 a loyal listener enough that you said such kind words. So we want to say some kind words and motivate you. We love it. Also, um, if you are listening to this and you happen to be exercising, oh, holy shit, awesome. Applause break. <clears throat> applause, applause break. Farley's holding up a sign that says uh, applause on it. Yeah. A big cue card he made for yeah, that. Yeah, I got the light, but it's in the car. <laughs> <laughs> It's a little, you know, cumbersome. Yeah. Uh, but, um, yeah, uh, if you are doing that, please um, hashtag. Uh, pick proof. Pick proof. Uh, or pick sort didn't happen. happen. We'll retweet it. Pick proof. We love seeing it. You guys, please brag to us. Yes. Because we love seeing it. Oh, speaking of, uh, well, actually, let's let's give shout outs to these people first. Uh, Stanger, you want to start? Yeah. Alien bop. Time to mop up the sweat after a major workout. And guess what? Hop on pop. Because that's Dr. Seuss, daddy. Well done. <laughs> Bringing the kids into the holiday season. Yeah, yeah. it's important to, nice. you know, to talk to the kids. And uh, Farley, you pick uh, one of the other you. two. that. He so you can do. only go up from that. Yeah, <laughs> right. right. Great. You set your bar um, <laughs> Yeah, I feel, if anything, I feel like it's hard to get out of the hole. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> cool. Brains, don't be a zombie. Get out there and exercise. Feel like you're doing yourself and the world a little good because it's not the apocalypse yet, baby. God, wow. That's, yeah. that's why you're the professional writer. Yeah. And that was also based on truth. Based on truth. And zombies are hot right now. Yeah. yeah. So that was smart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Sweetbreads. <laughs> <laughs> Coletti B? I think that's you. Are you a rapper? <laughs> I hope so. If you're not, then I'd say pump out them weights instead. Get out there. Work hard. Train hard. And be Coletti B. <laughs> that was good. Thanks. Cardi Strong. B is going to be so upset yeah, that she yeah, didn't yeah, get yeah, a shout yeah. out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, did, I did like how you uh, left time for her to answer. <laughs> oh, yeah. Are you a rapper? And you left time for her. <laughs> Smart. Well, I, I was holding yeah. up a cue cause. Pause. Yeah, pause, yeah, pause. Yeah. I don't know if you know this, but uh, in 2018, the dumbbells will be interactive in that way, <laughs> where you can you can answer back to the podcast and we will respond. We were like Alexa. Yeah. Also, we'll be scratch and sniff. Um, <laughs> you know, our very first um, um, challenge that we did, and people got to win um, swag from um, you know uh, the dumbbells. Yeah. Somebody ordered a a sweatshirt, right? Oh yeah. What was it? Great uh grape grape flavored. <laughs> yeah, yeah, grape. Um that dude walked into Go Tribe with his grape flavored um hoodie. Wow. And he is now uh there for the next month. So oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was very cool to see um uh, him rock in there. We hammered him hard for picking a grape. <laughs> he he Stung even said Danny, he- yeah, he even said he was just like uh, yeah, this is where the shit talk started. <laughs> <laughs> and I saw the dumbbells hoodie and grape, and if you look at it, it looks fucking good. I think it looks great. It's a good grape hoodie. We're, we'll post that on Instagram. Yeah, it looks great. Of our first winner. Um, and uh, yeah, he's rocking that grape hoodie, and I'm going to get one. I'm going to get a grape, too. I yeah. got it. Um, it looks too good. And I like, I like grape flavor. You do? Yeah. Do you like it? I don't. I thought you liked Dimetab. <laughs> do you uh, like what's your favorite artificial fruit flavor um a kiwi strawberry kiwi strawberry that's because good. it's nothing i'm, I, I'm I orange know. all the way orange orange oh yeah anything orange, is, orange. yeah orange oh wow your orange is good yeah that like, i like hope orange slice orange slice anything i literally that pez dispenser that my stepmom gave me i literally went to throw it out yesterday from my travel bag and i took the orange sleeve of pez out and kept <laughs> the orange and ate it did you put it in the dispenser or did you just I'm not an animal of course I put it in the dispenser <laughs> oh, okay all right yeah if, it, if you, my you food's ate it not, one by one yeah if my food's not coming out of the throat of a piece of plastic <laughs> I don't need it wait what kind of pez dispenser was it it's a little like Santa Claus oh well that's cute yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. lift up my beard <laughs> <laughs> uh, take this pill out of my throat <laughs> uh, that uh, like I, I remember like for Christmas I'd get one and like I eventually would eat it I would eat all the other good stuff first and then I'd circle back for the pez <laughs> not end. a big hard candy guy I like them fine but I'm gonna eat chocolate and stuff first I'll eat so. chocolate first yeah it's a little bit more savory for my taste yeah um Okay. Farley, want to help us with a little weighing in? Can't wait. Wait a minute. <laughs> Sounds like a fish song. Sounds like a fish. Are you a fan of fish? As a band? No. 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 As a food? I, I'll, I'll go on record as saying no. As a food? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love fish. As a food. <laughs> Best fish, food, uh, fish restaurant or uh, fish dish in L.A.? Ooh, I mean, you probably got to go to Providence, uh-huh. um, which is a really high-end fine dining restaurant. In yeah, Los Michelin rated. Michelin star. Yeah, Chef Michael Samarusti really knows what he's doing. And he's do really very interesting because he really cares about the sustainability of seafood. He has a dish that is called um, 
you know, the, the, the uglies or something like that that is essentially all of the stuff that looks gross when you take it out of the ocean. Monkfish and stuff. Yeah, yeah, like things that are presented in a beautiful way on the plate that wouldn't necessarily be that way when they come out of the water. And I think that that's a really great and beautiful dish that helps explore the possibilities of sustainable seafood. That's cool. Ooh. Yeah. What about something that uh, is more affordable? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I couldn't tell you what my price point. <laughs> no, go to Ricky's Fish Tacos on Riverside. Oh, and yes. I mean, I that like, guy is fantastic. I like dolphin dangerous tuna. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're, you're like a guy who's like, goes to a Chinese restaurant and is sort of winking, asking for shark fin soup. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, really? I'm like, yeah no, we would yeah. never get that, but bring it. <laughs> Give me that salt and pepper calamari, if you know what I mean. Yeah, <laughs> do it. Uh, okay, this is coming to us from Dan H. Danny H., uh, if you had a hundred dollars to spend on at-home equipment for someone starting out in fitness, what equipment would you buy, and how would you structure their workouts for the week? You can also bump the money up and answer these questions for two fifty, five hundred, a thousand, etc. Jesus, yeah, Dan, you're asking a lot of questions. Yeah, there, so we're <laughs> bumping gonna, up the prices. Yeah, and uh, what are you? What are, what are we, Jeff Bezos over here? Thousand dollars? Come on, babe. P.S. Stanger's right. Eugene's thing about jumping off roofs or whatever is fucking bad shit. Knock it off, Eugene. <laughs> Danny coming well, hard at yeah, you, buddy. Yeah, you're going hard. Guess what? We're not going to answer your question. Yeah. <laughs> you want a different question? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> we'll answer it. A yeah. uh, hundred bucks? He's telling you to knock it off. So, well, yeah. Don't be afraid. What do you mean? <laughs> knock it off, like jump off the roof? Yeah. Maybe I will. <laughs> yeah, knock yourself off. Yeah. <laughs> um, what... Uh, what would I say for a hundred bucks? Hundred bucks. I would get some bands, yeah. some resistance bands, and a kettlebell. And a kettlebell. Yeah. I would say uh, whatever amount of anabolic steroids that would buy you. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're, something's going to happen. You know, positive, negative, something is going to happen. Something will go down. Yeah. It's yeah. enough that something will. There's happen. something will there. You'll yeah. see a change. <laughs> uh, Farley, what do you think? Uh, I, you know, I already said steroids. Yeah. So just, <laughs> okay. That's yeah. off the table. Uh, you know. $99 in Billy Blank's DVDs, a dollar to tip the delivery guy. Uh, Wait, you tip a delivery guy? Yeah, if he's bringing $99 in DVDs, I am. No, I, I mean, I, I just from listening to your guys' podcast, I'm sure I would have said the same thing. But I also, like, find myself sometimes just trolling Craigslist for, like, cheap stuff. Like, I'm sort of obsessed with the idea of maybe getting a rower. Maybe it's from watching, like, a lot uh, of House of Cards or something. That idea where I'm just, like, passively working. and like, Wait, does I, he? I don't watch House of Cards. Does he have a rower? He recently, you really recently started watching it right yeah, yeah i'm, a couple, I'm like five seasons back i got really excited because all the recent news i was like i gotta check the show out <laughs> Ooh, now i'm in yeah yeah but no that's like in the early seasons they have like a rower and it's like when they got to go work something out personally uh, they're spending time i want a rower too but i yeah. i get obsessed with that idea of like oh you could just make it your thing and then you just do it do it do it so i found like not that i've bought any but i'll just come across like old used weight equipment that still works and be like oh i could take this into my home for a hundred bucks and yeah start using Using it in the way that I think I might. I, I think like a um, uh, finding a good deal, like a crazy deal on. I mean, that's a lot of this stuff is expensive, and if you want something that's going to last, but yeah, like like a rower or like uh, some version of an aerodyne bike, you know, yeah. yeah, you may get lucky and find something like that. And it's low threshold if you can find something. You're not out that much money if it's something you decide you don't want to invest your time. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If you Craigslist it or something yeah. like that, yeah, right. Uh, but I would agree, bands and then a bell because that way you get the you get the you could build an entire workout with those bands. Yeah. Push, pull, squat. Um, you can go back to our Lauren Lapkus episode. We tell you exactly what to do with those bands and how to do it. 
Um, and then the kettlebell, you can listen to the Colton Dunn episode yeah. and we give you the sacred six in that. And it's all, but kettlebell is going to do like the, uh, you know, the hormonally intelligent, um, exercises that you're getting like the huge metabolic response from. So you work explosive and then you can do all this kind of finishing stuff with the bands. The brand that I love on bands, we're not affiliated with them in any way is the Spry bands, S P R I. Yeah. They're very fairly priced and, uh, they cost a little bit more than something you get like target or big five, but they keep their elasticity and they last a lot longer. They've got a good online presence. So you can uh, like Amazon or whatever, you can find the best deals on those and get yourself a set. And kettlebell wise, you know, as long as it's just, uh, you know, a, like for a male, if you're starting out with it, I would say maybe something that's like 35 pounds. It's usually in pounds now if you're just going to buy it at Target or something. Yeah, they have them in pounds. Yeah, 25 to 35 pounds, depending yeah. on how big you are. Yeah. and uh, Just and starting there and you're just move, you know working on the movements, Yeah, you'll be great. Push-pull squat, push, squat with the bands and then squats and swings with the bell and you're off to the races. Yeah. And you could do it for, I mean, under, like right at $100 probably. Yeah, and yet, you know, you're doing that three days a week. Um, for 20 minutes, that's a that's going to be a solid workout for you. Do you guys ever, uh, when you buy a new kettlebell, take it home and weigh it and make sure you're not getting shaved a little bit? <laughs> yeah, I, well, I, I usually um, take a kettlebell, bring it home, and then add more cement to the oh, Okay, just to make sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 No matter how much it weighs. <laughs> a little value added, I like yeah. that. I'm, uh, uh, I'm real gullible, so <laughs> <laughs> whatever it says is what I think it is. Uh, um, yeah. You Good. ready? Yeah. You uh, you want to answer something on the superset? Yeah. Of course I do. Me, I'm super fly. Super duper fly. Super duper I could go for some rain Me, these days, though. Bone dry out in Los Angeles. Good one. Good Bone segue. Bone dry. Good segue, man. Oh, what, you, you don't like rain? I, I love rain, but I love your stand-up about rain. Uh, Eugene's pro drought. I am. <laughs> yeah. Keep it dry, baby. Uh, okay, this is coming to a... Uh, Coming to us from Mon Charlie at Mon Charlie uh, at the dumbbells. Day two of intermittent fasting and following a lean gains template. Let me know. We have like a uh, like UFO. A, holy in. shit! Look at that. Yeah. Can you see that thing? Oh, oh shit! Like some kind of like bomber. Bomber flying, yeah. <laughs> flying over the weight room. The weight oh, room. It's uh, um. Oh god, what are those called? It's like the ones where they turn into helicopters, but they start as planes. The engines and Osprey, where the engines come oh, yeah. up like this. That's oh. what it was. That was badass. It sounded like a like a stampede of wildebeest or some shit. Yeah. Do those stampede? Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, at the dumbbells, day two of intermittent fasting and following a lean gains template. Let me know. Uh, let me tell you, it's harder on leg day, my friends. Do you experience that? And what can I do to remedy? Um, because you're on day two, that's why. Yeah. Uh, overall, it's you're going to be fine. I think just because um, you're used to um, lifting with probably um, more food in your system or like, you know, like you've taken it in for just two days, you, you feel hungry. Your body will adapt and figure out how to uh, utilize adipose tissue, adipose tissue as energy. Yeah, because you're used to having like circulating blood sugar, which is kind of easier for to, for that process to happen. But your body will adapt, and then I mean, a lot of people will argue that are in the camp for intermittent fasting and fasting in general that the energy that you get from you know stored fat is higher quality. You know, like you actually perform right. better. 
but I mean, again, there's all, there's confirmation bias out there from everybody. So there's people that will really advocate for fasting and advocate against it. But, um, I found in my own anecdotally, like I'm, I'm fine now at this point. Yeah. Same here. Farley, you, you've experimented, experimented and do intermittent fast. How long have you been doing it kind of now? You know, it's not something uh, I really put a label to for a long time. It's just the way that I've been operating. My schedule sort of works as such that I go to bed at about midnight and get it up at about five, usually five. Uh-huh. 30. So, um, Ooh, yeah, light on sleep, <laughs> yeah. light on sleep, which is probably I'm definitely also not good for me. Yeah. Um, but it, it's a lot of, of me just trying to live my life that way because I'm usually full when I first wake up from the night before, or I don't feel like having another meal right away. Sure. So it's been a couple of years now that I've really leaned into that. Oh, good. But you feel your energy is stable, right? I mean, yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll start to find if I, if I had a really light meal or, or ate a really early dinner or something the night before, if I'm going on like 18 hours, then I start to get like, I've got to get some food in me. Usually 1 p.m. is about my cutoff, but that like core, say 9 a.m. to noon, if I've had a cup of coffee especially, like I'm really humming along. Like I wouldn't want to do a workout on a full stomach or something like that. Yeah. I like the lean feeling of the morning and being energetic. Yeah, I work out fasted too. I yeah. like it. But I, it took me a while to get it used to it. It some time. Yeah. Because initially I thought I would hate it, and then it became one of my favorite things. Yeah, you know? it, it, and leg day specifically, it'll take a while. Yeah, I mean, you'll, and you'll think like, man, I'm taking a hit on le- on these leg days, and I'm not hitting the numbers that I want. But I think if you stick with it, you'll crack through. Yeah, I and also. Sorry, go, no, go ahead. No, I was going to say to this person, just lean into the darkness, you know, like use that physical feeling as a manifestation of something bad in your past and then just like make that the powerful choice. Nice. Right. What do you guys think? Is that helpful advice? Yeah, that is helpful advice. <laughs> I'm a little I think scary. It's, yeah. <laughs> we tr- we've never really, we never really say to lean into darkness. Yeah, we try but, to stay away from leaning into the darkness, even okay. though that's what we're based on. Sure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Darkness. We are, uh, we're definitely <laughs> the dark side. Uh, yeah. Tell uh, Carol Ann to go towards the light. Yeah. <laughs> she makes a weird switch where she doesn't want her to go towards the light. And then she's like, tell her to go towards it. You know what? It. Just go towards it. See yeah. what happens. See what happens. <laughs> the movie's not that long. Yeah. They're attracted to her life force. <laughs> they want that. Uh, poltergeist. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> Comes up a lot on this podcast. Yeah, yeah. We, we get a lot of good references on this podcast done. Uh, Farley, is there anything that you would like to plug before you head out today? Uh, yeah, I mean, you can buy my book. It's, it's a, insanely enough, it's a real physical thing that has my name on it, um, <laughs> I, which I'm still very amazed by. It's called Los Angeles Street Food, a history from Tamalaris to taco trucks. Uh, almost all my writing these days is at eater, la.eater.com, and I'm over, over, under, everywhere online. Yes. Great, yeah. great follow on all the social media. Great follow. Tons of, I mean, you guys have heard it on the podcast, but tons of interesting stuff, interesting stuff beyond just you know, like uh, trendy food stuff. It's and a, if you're if you're not in LA, you listen to this. It makes you want to come and eat in LA. Yeah. So oh yeah. I mean, and you're a great resource if people want to, you know, start figuring out where they want to go. Just your Instagram alone yeah. will give you a million ideas. Too much to even do in a yeah. in a week. I mean, a no, little bit, no, for most people to yeah. do in a week. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a little bit too much Dave Christensen for my taste, but yeah. You know. That's fair. Yeah. He's one of your trash bag friends. Yeah. <laughs> Bring your mouth, Dave. Yeah. Helpful mouth. Helpful you, mouth. You don't know how right you are. <laughs> uh, but very cool. Uh, if you need to find us, if you need to find us, you can do, do so. Ask the dumbbells at gmail.com. Um, social media wise, hey, we're the dumbbells across everything. Uh, that's yeah. two B's and two L's. Uh, what? Yeah, what else? Uh, you know, if you're if you're in the market to buy a uh, dumbbells hoodie, make it grape. 
Make it great. And uh, and hashtag uh, that you have your swag on while you're working out. Grape, orange. Get it to correspond with whatever your favorite artificial flavor is. Yeah. It's always a fun treat. Uh, they sweatshirts do taste like the flavor too. I yeah, yeah, that. scratch yeah. and sniff. That's part of the 2018 dumbbells move, right? Is yeah. it getting scratch it off? And scratch and sniff. Sniff. Yeah, scratch and sniff. Use our wake word. That's <laughs> poltergeist. Uh, on behalf of our wonderful guest today, Farley Elliott, and Eugene, and me, the dumbbells, we'd like to remain. We, oh, jeez. We like I'm having remain. a hard time. We would like to remain in 2018. <laughs> We'd like to remain. I mean, honestly, an Osprey just flew over your house. I just want to <laughs> remain at this point. Yeah. I, uh, I feel like uh, if people will go back, for the last 10 minutes, I've been saying every word, a word in each sentence slightly wrong. Yeah. And it's kind of now compounded at the end here. So if you play it backwards, you realize that he is from the darkness. Yes. Yeah, I'm leaning into the darkness. Uh, please, guys, listen in out there. Train dirty. Eat clean. And walk into the light. (laughs) (laughs) Live in between. Bye. Brains, don't be a zombie. Get out there and exercise. Feel like you're doing yourself and the world a little good because it's not the apocalypse yet, baby. That was a HeadGum Podcast.